welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian. And joined with me today is Chris Williams. Chris, welcome. Thanks. Glad to be here. Now, some of our listeners may know and some may not know, but you did a zine. Well, a, you're doing a third zine called Explore Dungeons. Right. We actually reviewed the first couple here on the show early on. I'm a fan of them. <laughs> I like them. You've got more than that coming out as well with what you're doing currently, correct? That's right. We've actually got three zines uh, as part of this project. Now that previously you've done the you've done the first two explore dungeons that I've gotten. You also did a little. Uh, you've done a project uh, kinless, correct? Right. Um, that's our uh, Morkborg compatible uh, Viking solo adventure. Kinless was the first thing that I've ever backed. That's a solo adventure. I was a little uncertain what you meant by a solo adventure, but I was like, yeah, you know, I like to explore dungeons. I'm going to check this out. <laughs> Is it? Like solo as in solitary or just for one player in a DM or how does that work? It can be run either as a uh, solitary game or with one player in a DM. There's a lot of uh, randomly generated uh, weighted content. So you're, it's basically a hex crawl. And as you're exploring the map, uh, there's various regions on the map that are home to what we refer to as major encounters. And so you're you're looking for these major encounters. There's a troll, there's a frost giant, and you don't know, you know what region each of them are in, but you don't know specifically which hex. And so as you're exploring the hexes, you're, you're having minor encounters, and then eventually you'll stumble upon the big bad for that region. And the story behind Kenlis is essentially you were kicked out of your, your Viking settlement because you lost favor with the Jarl and were sent away and left with basically nothing and so you have to survive in the in the cold night that that is the uh the snowy forest and and you're going to run into a lot of cool stuff on your journey but your end goal ultimately is to go back and kill that guy <laughs> and, and and so you need to amass a little bit of power and and resources and and also survive along the way in order to do so that's the trouble there is keeping yourself alive along the way <laughs> right so I'm going to ask about the current Kickstarter that's going on. It's an Explore Dungeons number three. I really appreciated the first two. Pretty good zines. The third one, what can we expect to see in that one? So we're sticking with the, uh, the system neutral format for, for Explore Dungeons 3. Uh, we've got a number of different authors contributing. Uh, we've got an, an article on technological wonders. Uh, if you ever played much of the old first edition D&D uh, back in like the Gamma World days. They had this great chart where you roll dice and try to figure out these strange artifacts that you that you would find <laughs> along the way. And so we've got a write-up on like you found something, you're not really sure what it is or how it works. So let's, let's roll some dice and, and see what happens. We've also got a, uh, a small location called the Abandoned Alchemist Lab. So there's going to be a bunch of potions and elixirs, uh, all randomly generated stuff that people can use in their games. I have an article that is currently untitled, but the the takeaway is that it's a sentient landfill. A sentient landfill? And then what this is, is this is actually intended to be used not so much with fantasy, but with post-apocalyptic fantasy games <laughs> like 
Barbarians of the Ruined Earth. Oh, we just played that. <laughs> and and so Dissentium Landfill is essentially a quest giver, something you can go to, get some knowledge, get some get some quests, you know, and, and it's just kind of a fun little thing to throw into an existing campaign. We, what else we got? We've got the, uh, the Serpent's Eye, which is a, um, it's using flavor text as a, as a tool in game design. So we've got a, a little essay about that. Uh, in Vino Veritas, which of course means in wine there is truth. And this is a short side quest adventure, not very long, but um, there's something a little more truthful about this wine and you're not really sure what it is, but people who drink it just cannot help themselves. <laughs> right. And so they, they're really spilling the beans and the, you know, the King's like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> so he sends the, sends the players to investigate the winery where this wine's coming from and find out what the root cause is behind this. That's great. It's the wine of truth. <laughs> and then we've got uh, Roll of the Magic Wielder. So in, in Zine 2, we did Roll of the Cleric, and we had various clerical archetypes. And so this one focuses more on magic users. And, and so we've got a collection of about a half a dozen archetypes that you can play. Not, not classes so much as just styles of play uh, for magic users. And then we've got um, another fantastic city location. So in the previous issue, uh, we had the apothecary. And so the same guy that did that one is working on a new location that you can just drop into a city anywhere. And, and that one's still very much TBD. I haven't seen the, the final edit on that yet, but I'm looking forward to it. He does great work. That's great. That's great. I, I've really enjoyed the first two a lot. I, I, yeah, I just can't, yeah, I was a fan of them. They they sent me on a spiral getting into like buying as many of these zines from Zine Quest. Like <laughs> I was like, oh, this is great, amazing. Now there's two other zines. What are the other two zines that are happening right now? So the other two zines we've got uh, Smorkasborg, which is a a zine specifically for Morkborg, and we've got a great cover piece by by Billy Blue. They did a fantastic wraparound cover. It it looks amazing, um, and that's going to be full of articles that are for the Morkborg system, which is essentially old school D&D, right? It's, <laughs> it's, it's OSR. And, and so we've got an article on uh, tragic creatures, which are uh, things that were um, born of immense sorrow. What did you summon? We've got some great art for that and some random tables on like what's, what's stepping through the gate, if you will. And the horrors that come. We've got the, uh, the title piece, Smorkasborg, which is described as grisly meals with ghastly results. And, and so <laughs> one of the great things about Mork Borg, if you're not familiar with it, it's essentially a doom metal album of an RPG. Oh, I, I'm a, I'm a, oh, I, oh, I had, I had, I had it right here beside me. Um, um, oh, what's the big, the big album that they put out called again, the Bog Crawl. It's, oh, been, yeah. it's the, been right behind me for weeks. I just realized I just <laughs> put it up earlier today. I reached around to get it. Like, oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I, I'm a big fan of it. It's a great little game. <laughs> it, it really is. I'm, I'm a huge fan as well. We've also got uh, Strange Parasites, uh, The Witch's Teat, which is a, a drop-in in. So somewhere for your, your players to rest or or not depending on who they run into is it is it is it going to be a place that is restful or are there problems at the end it could go either way 
<laughs> I like that. And then we have what we're affectionately referring to as Morkborg 60K. And so we've got the, uh, the atomic priesthood, right? And so this is Morkborg in the far, far, far future, assuming that the world hasn't collapsed and, and the end <laughs> times already wiped everything out. But that'll be a fun little piece as well. I like that. I like that post-apocalypse stuff. That's I, I'm running at riffs right now, so I get to the <laughs> have all kinds of fun in the post-apocalypse. <laughs> I love riffs. I love riffs. I've played a, I played a lot of it in the '90s, and I hadn't played it in a long time. And I was like, you know what? We need to play a riffs game this year. <laughs> you know, it's 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 funny you say that. I was in the Navy for most of the '90s, and. <laughs> So many people on my ship were playing riffs. I mean, you could not get away from it. We had a few people that played D&D, but we had a ton of guys that just loved riffs and played it every night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great game. We were, I was in high school in the, well, in the, I graduated from high school in the mid 90s, but when it came out, you know, I was, we were really into it in high school. We obsessed with riffs for a while there like 1990 through the early part of the 90s at least and a little bit later oh yeah there's a ton of great material oh I, i've got i got so many shelves of palladium books i've got a lot we played honestly i played heroes unlimited more than riffs but we played a lot of riffs <laughs> i never got a chance to play that i owned a copy but we were always into champions i you know i I never played Champions. Very familiar with it. Always, I think I had a couple of modules. I don't think I ever picked up the core book. I feel like I need to play Champions at some point in time just to try it out at least. But yeah, I haven't played it. I spent most of junior high recreating the, the handbook to the Marvel Universe as Champions characters. <laughs> we played never, got to, we never played. got to play most of them, but... <laughs> made a lot of characters for that game yeah those mm. comics that's i mean that's why i played so much heroes unlimited i play i read too many comics growing up like in the 80s and 90s i was really into those comic books and i love my superhero role-playing games i there's a few out now um i don't i don't feel there's like a definitive one that's out there right now that everybody's flocking to i know mutants and masterminds was real popular for a while but i haven't heard a lot about it lately i don't feel yeah, they had a second edition come out, but I haven't I haven't played it. It looks really good though. Yeah. Definitely I, have to give it a try at some point. I did try the I think it was a first edition. I, I tried something from Mutants and Mastermind. I was a I, I'm not sure the dungeon master or the game master understood the rules. I was very confused when it came to damage in the game. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little confused there. I definitely would like to try it out with a different uh, an, uh with another uh GM or something and see how it Someone that knew the system a little bit better, maybe was a little more familiar with it. So there was less book flipping when we were playing, <laughs> so to say. So, so I got to, I'm going to ask you a question since we're talking about your zines and you got to, you got to, you've got a Kickstarter going. When, well, number one, when is, when is the Kickstarter going through? Uh, through the end of the month. So you've got the rest of February to go out there and get your copy of Explore Dungeons 3 and the other, the other awesome scenes that are coming out there. So what made you want to make that jump to start putting out your was was Explore Dungeons one the first zine that you did or had you done more before that? That was that was my first zine. I had a lot of stuff that I've created over the years. I've been playing since God, 1979. Mm -hmm. Right. So a lot of homebrew stuff, a lot of stuff I'd written here and there and 
it seemed like a, a fun way to just kind of throw everything together and, and put out that first issue. And that, that was pretty well received. So I was like, okay, well, let's, you know, let's take a look here. And I dug through my stuff and I, I had a few people contact me and they're like, hey, you know, we'd like to contribute some stuff to this as well. So that's how we ended up with the second issue. The third issue, I'm writing a couple of the articles, but honestly, it's mostly submissions. And, and so I'm, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I'm getting to do more editing and layout and a little bit of writing and managing the project, but I've got, you know, some great guys that are putting out some fantastic content. So I'm, I'm definitely happy to feature them. Could you give us an idea? Could you tell us a little bit about some of the talent you have on it? Some of the people that are working on it? Uh, sure. So the uh, the archetype articles are about, are by a guy named Rod Paddock, who I've known for gosh fifteen years now at least. He's a longtime D and D gamer as well. Uh, so he, you know he wrote those up. A guy named Dave Dostler doing the fantastic locations articles, uh, the, the apothecary and, and the one he's working on now. Yeah, I remember the apothecary one. That was yeah, that one was a lot of fun for sure. And even with the third zine, the Tales from the Tower, you know, we've got a couple of new authors and then some guys that are kind of coming back to us. You know, and that one's full of a bunch of great stuff as well. But yeah, it's, I, I mean, I can't say enough good stuff about, about all of it, really. It's, I'm very excited. Three of those have been through the, well, the first two were through the zine quest and now it's zine month, correct? Yeah, so they moved zine quest to August to coincide with Gen Con, which I don't entirely understand the logic there, but whatever, that's fine. You know, there was kind of this grassroots movement almost immediately to set up something called Zine Month because so many people were, were expecting to launch in February and, and so many people look for those projects in February that it just made sense to, to keep that energy going, right? Yeah, I was excited. I was excited. I, the Zine Quest, actually, I missed, the, I missed Explore Dungeons in the first Zine Quest. I got it from you on Facebook. I ordered it from, I, don't know if I was like, hey, I'd love to get that Zine and you, you, you mailed me one. I'm very thankful for it. Big fan of it. Absolutely. But we're about um, almost out of time. Could you tell the listeners where they can find your zines and find you and the Kickstarter and everything else online? Sure. Um, well, the, the Kickstarter, the easiest way to find us is just going to be to search for Zine Palooza. And we're also featured under the, um, you know, the games category. We're a uh, project we love, quote unquote, from, from Kickstarter. They gave us a little badge for that. Awesome. Um, and and as, for, as far as the past projects, you can search for Explore Dungeons on uh, DriveThruRPG, and that's got everything that we've put out so far. All right. And yeah, we'll make sure that we put some links in the show notes. So if your listeners want to check them out, I'll have a link to the Kickstarter and the DriveThruRPG there. So you can just go into the Anchor FM, find our site, Wildlies and Wizards, and click those links, and you'll have it. But that's about all we have time for today. If you've enjoyed this podcast or this episode, Please leave us a positive review wherever you're listening. Those of you that have been leaving us positive reviews, thank you very much. That's helped us a whole lot. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. We're pretty active there. I'm on Twitter at LogarHailCrom. We also started this in the last month or so a Patreon. So this takes a little bit of money out of our pocket. So go by there and help us out a little bit. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.